0: because of this better plant health Mm -hmm. is i made it through that i made it through through that dry time and still filled my corn out global shortages are causing farm input costs to skyrocket a better way to farm shows you how to take control of inputs and maximize profits so you can farm the way you want now from america's heartland here's your host
1: Hey everyone, Tyler here, field agronomist with A Better Way to Farm, where we spend each and every day providing solutions to farmers to grow better crops and to make more money. I hope that you're having a great day and we thank you for tuning in to our podcast. Now we always strive to bring some of the best educational information and testimonials to you, the listeners. As some of you listeners know, we do like a liquid fertility program for many different reasons, but also including what we wanted to talk about on today's episode. Foliar feeding your cash crop is something that our team has been stressing and suggesting for over 30 years. We have clients like Jerry Cox, who if you haven't heard, please go check out those podcast episodes. But we also have clients like we have on today that are new to us and have been doing a fantastic job of year feeding and year feeding correctly. So today we wanted to introduce a relatively new team member, for him to share his story and a little bit of insight on how he makes his foliar feeding work in his operation. So let's go ahead and give a good welcome to a great friend, Mr. Travis Dixon. Travis, thank you for joining us today. How are you doing? Thank you so much
0: for having me. I'm doing great.
1: Yeah, man. It's exciting that we basically just ran into each other a a few days ago at another meeting and uh, I get a phone call from Rod. He's like, man, you got to get Travis on. And he's got to tell about his foliar feeding story. That's, you know, that's one of the things that, With new clients and stuff, it's always difficult. You know, our way is a little bit different than the conventional way, right? And the nice thing is with your story that I want you to share is that you kind of came into farming a little unconventionally, right?
0: I sure did, but I've been very blessed to be farming. It's, It's a dream of mine.
1: Yeah. And so why don't we start in with that? I always ask for people to introduce themselves, tell everyone a little bit about, you know, who you are, where you're from and what you do and and we'll dive into it.
0: Well, I grew up farming, but, you know, we were a small farm. There wasn't really room for me. I went and got my engineering geology degree and was actually operating five uh, rock quarries, whatever. I just happened to go to church and was talking to a, a good friend of mine and he knew that I was looking for a way to maybe get back to the farm. Mm-hmm. And he uh, introduced me into animal agriculture. And I was like, I ah, mean, I'm not going to do that. You know, I, we had <laughs> hogs whenever I was a kid. We went through the 90s. It was rough. You know, we yep. quit for a reason. And he's yep. like, no, no, this this is different. So I ended up, I did come home. You can imagine how that conversation went with my dad. That I'm quit <laughs> a good job to come home and have hogs. That, that was interesting. Yep. <laughs> but uh, I, I built the 7500 head hog operation and started doing custom farm work for other people, you know, custom applying fertilizer and all kinds of different things. And then whenever my granddad passed away, I was very blessed to have built equity with the hog operation and been able to buy out the home farm and we've been growing it. I'm about my fifth year now of growing the row crop side of things and we've doubled what our acres were and just we're continually, striving to do better, you know, and and approach this from a different way, you know, coming from the engineering side and the science side, you know, I was taught to be very methodical about how I approach things. And that's how I try to approach farming. We don't just do things because that's how we've always done them. And from that, that's how I ran into you guys. You know, sure. uh, Larna Schnicker and Michael Findler yep. with uh, Amped Up Ag approached me. And good friends of mine live closely here. Oh, uh, good. Kind of knew my story, and we had a supper one night. And they just mentioned <laughs> that they were working with you guys in a better way to farm. And they asked me to uh, a pro ag, and and we yeah. went from there.
1: Yeah, got to go check this thing out. Now, for anybody that's listening and paying attention, I, Travis, you brought up something interesting. So before you g- kind of got back into farming full time. You used to be on the mining side, right? You used to mine? Yes, sir. So, so you're telling me that you used to mine the soil and now you're working on a way to not mine the soil? <laughs> yeah, pretty well. <laughs> Which I absolutely love. I think that's perfect. That's very, very fitting. I've never talked to anyone that's actually happened to. So I really, really appreciate that. So I do because I talk about it all the time. You were able to meet some team members. He said, you know what? I think this is right up my alley. I want to go check out one of these Pro Ag programs. So again, I, I say this all the time. I actually I think we are going to release the schedule very, very soon. I think there was 18 or 20 on the schedule already. They run from December to March. So What was it about them in that supper and them saying, hey, look, we've got products, but it's more about education. What was that like sitting there at that supper and listening about this, this training, this program that they wanted you to go to?
0: So, for them, it didn't take a lot to talk me into it. Uh, <laughs> sure. I try every winter, I was trying to pick up agronomy classes or whatever, you know, it might be marketing classes and stuff. And let me just say that your guys' program was hands down the best one that I've ever been to. It was the best put together, the most informative. But also the way it's laid out in the book and everything, you know, that's something that I go back to. That's like my farming Bible. I go back to that all year long and go, hey, I remember that we talked about this or that and and look back in the book and find the information that I need to make sure I'm not going to make a mistake.
1: Yep. You know, that's one of the biggest things is uh, literally going back to the mining thing that we know that it's not about NPNK and just dumping on more. You don't need more nitrogen to raise a better crop that's what drew me into it. I've told my story a million times, but I was working at the co-op and I thought there's got to be a better way to do this. I, you can't sit there and tell me that to raise 300 bushel corn, you just need to put 350 pounds of anhydrous ammonia on and dump on 200 pounds of P and 200 pounds of dry K and call it good. And here you go. Sometimes it does work, but I I truly believe and I know that you believe that it has to do more with soil health and and what's below the ground that's producing what's above the ground.
0: The background in animal, you know, like we were discussing a little bit earlier, just looking at the package that you get from animal waste. It has the organic matter, it has micros in it, it has all these things in it that are great for your soil that you don't get whenever you go and you buy commercial fertilizer. And it's like, man, how do I, you know, we're raising awesome crops and and I'm watching guys put this stuff on fairly marginal ground. And all of a sudden, you know, ground that, that, you know, we, we always laugh because we would say, man, a rabbit would carry its lunch across that farm, right? but, uh, but all of a sudden they've got good crops over there. Okay. Mm-hmm. What is driving that? What is the root cause of that? And how can I do a good job of replicating those results throughout the rest of my ground where I can't get that product?
1: Yep. So when you are, kind of working through some of that stuff and you've been through the pro ag and you've kind of heard what we've said and you're kind of putting all these things together. What is it about this year that's different in years past? What are some of those things that you're doing that you're seeing visually? Cause unfortunately we haven't got to, to harvest yet, but we wanted to make sure that you were able to tell your story. And then I'm I'm telling you right now, at some point this winter, we're going to have to meet up again, maybe at another pro ag and, and finish off this story. But were those steps that you said yep i definitely need to do this this year
0: actually you know the one of the biggest things that's been going on this year is we've haven't had a very poor year it's, mm-hmm. a, it's been a very adverse year weather wise the first few years of my farming i was very blessed you know it they were wet years it was yeah. really hard to get the crop in but on a wet year You know, our soil is such here in in Northeast Missouri that we're never two weeks from a drought. We're heavy clay. We're not very deep on topsoil and we will burn up, but we were having great weather. We were having cooler than normal summers. So I've been averaging 200 bushel corn, doing it the old way, but I knew, and I've been scared, sick that, you know, I'm going to hit a drought year and I'm going to fall on my face and I can't afford that. And this year, we started off cool, like again, and I was like, oh man, maybe we got another one coming toward us. And then all of a sudden, we went hot, we went dry, we went hot and dry at night. We weren't, you know, getting the dews that we were supposed to be getting. Mm-hmm. We went like five weeks without rain. And the thing that I have seen out of this system that has blown me away has been because of this better plant health mm-hmm. is I made it through that. I made it through through that dry time and still filled my corn out. You know, I still have tipped out ears without great big tip back. Like, all, you know, my seed salesman and agronomist was like, oh man, you're going to be walking in tip back city this year. And, <laughs> right. and I, I sent him pictures of mid 40 length corn that's got great kernels on it, you know, and that's all due to plant health getting it the right stuff at the right time and helping it to make it through those tough times where it's not fighting for nutrition on top of the moisture. And it's just very important to do it right. If you're going to do it, don't halfway do this. Don't yes. don't pick and choose. Don't blow it on with your herbicide. When they tell you there's a right way to follow your feed, then go do that. You know, but, I spend yep. a lot of nights wondering if i was nuts or not but i was out there in the middle of the night spraying my foliars on because that was the only time of the day that was cool enough that the stomatas would be open and yep. that it would be accepting it and stuff and yeah. you know what hey. that little bit of effort is what it took
1: so let me ask you when you're doing all this stuff because it's different than what you've done before even though you've done that research where are you getting your game plan from is it Lorna and Michael, is it Rod at A Better Way to Farm? Where are you getting this information so that you can go out and you can make that educated decision on the nutrients that you should be laying down?
0: You know, so in the past, I was at, totally at the mercy of whatever local co-op I decided mm-hmm. to use. Typically was MFA, you know, Missouri Farmers Association. Yes. Yep. And I had an agronomist there that was good and I trusted him and, and so on and so forth. Well, he moved positions. And I'm like, man, I am i don't really have somebody there that I trust anymore. They're coming out here. They're grid sampling my ground. And then all of a sudden, they just take those numbers and puke me back some sort of recipe on what they're going to come out and spread dry. And I really don't know really what that is. I really don't know why they're doing that. I just wasn't getting the information that I thought I wanted. Whereas going with you guys and using amped up ag, I was able uh, going through Midwest Labs, you can see exactly yes. what you know what you've put in there for parameters. You can see very visual, you know, what you're lacking, what you're not lacking. I also purchased my own sprayer so that oh, I d I wasn't beholden to anybody yes. else on how I approach this. I wanted it in my own control. I wanted to be driving the car, you know. And amped up ag has been crucial to that because I was new to this. I can shoot them a call or a text. They, they would give me information. Uh, Larna came out and walked side by side with me. We did tissue sampling together at V2 and later on and stuff and, and beans and stuff. You know, she would show me how to do it. And then we'd send it off to Midwest Labs. Yep. You got, you know, you guys would shoot me back the recommendations. It was very simple. You know, it's it's here it is. You know, yeah. this is this is what you're low on you know, feed this. And, yeah. and that's what I did. It's been very simple to really boost my crop health. And I was like, you know, I've had people pushing back on me going, well, you must have spent a m- bunch of money to yes. do that. You know what? I fir- I figured it up. I think it's somewhere around 14 bushel of corn is what it might cost me for the amount that I've put on this year. And I have dumped a lot on, I'm not going to lie. Yep. So We've went at it if that's all it's costing, you know, I can get that back off of one fungicide pass or, or one full yeah. year pass. I'm like, you know, that's not that big a deal for the upside potential, you yeah. know, that that's out there, you know, what it costs is you can't fire and forget your, your crop. You can't, you yes. can't throw it in the ground and, and go to, to the Bahamas and say, ah, I guess it'll be good <laughs> when I get back, Yep. you know?
1: Yeah. That's one of the things that, I've had a ton of conversations this year, you know, because timing, it's hilarious that when you look at the 4R nutrient stewardship that was promoted by the ag industry, it was kind of started with a society of agronomy. So I'm a certified crop advisor. I literally just got the soils magazine today and I was going through it and it talked about again, it talks about the 4Rs, but yet nobody in the actual industry in the, you know, I'm going to call it the, the mainstream industry does that the right way. You know, we know that, yeah, if you are going to get any chance of getting any nutrients in the plant, it's gotta be when the stomata on the bottom side of the leaf is open. And also we want to do it at a time of the day where, you know, the plant's not stressed out. So look at, you know, in the nighttime, go home and, eat a sandwich and and then go out and full your feet and, and make those, you know, I'm, I'm going to call it a smarter decision instead of going out there and wasting a pass and, and that's to me, the biggest thing. And that's where you're going to see that benefit as well. You know, being so new to the system, you know, you're already on fire with it and you're doing a fantastic job of getting this stuff figured out. And so I did want to share, you know, because we sit here and, you know, we know each other and we're on the same team and, yeah, we can high five and kumbaya, but you were telling me earlier about a story that a seed DSM came out showing an intern or just somebody new to the industry. They kind of wanted to find some plant challenges, some disease, some plant diseases, some leaf diseases that would be fairly prevalent in your area. You want to elaborate a little bit more on that story?
0: It was funny because the first thing they tried to do was they wanted to do a root dig. At the time, we hadn't had rain in like four or five weeks, and (laughs) he jumped up and down on a tiling spade and couldn't even get it to drive into the ground. It was so hard. So that Uh, gives you an idea how and dry this ground was. And at the same time, he turns around and he's trying to show his intern where the diseases and stuff are, but the plants are too healthy. He's struggling to find an unhealthy plant to, to show her what to look for. And to me, that that just uh, made me really proud that, you know what, this hard work is worth it. You know, yep. it's really making a difference.
1: Yes. Do you have any belief at all that would have been the case if you would not have joined the team and just listen to us and did what we said. Do you think you would have had those same results this year and the kind of conditions that you guys have?
0: No, I think I'd be like my neighbors and I would have corn that I can stand flat footed and look over the tassel. I would have mispollinated ears yep. and and I would have disease because if I hadn't gotten onto this kick of learning how to make healthy plants, they would not be healthy this year. That's for sure.
1: So with that being said, where do you feel the a Better Way to Farm team, and that includes the, the people at Amped Up Ag, so Lorna and Michael, give you guys a, another shout out. I know they're sitting there in the background uh, as we have this discussion, but where do you feel the a Better Way to Farm team can take you now that you're getting kind of a handle on it and you understand the method, and I'll use your terminology, the method to our madness in the next three, four, five, even 10 years from now?
0: I think we just keep continuous improvement. I I think we keep looking for more opportunities, different things that we can do. If now we can be uh, healthy at this population, do we bump up population? As we fix the glaring problems, let's start fixing some of the small ones too and just keep fine-tuning. But also from there, one of the best things that I want to be able to do is – help my neighbors and those around me to be able to to do it and, and be better farmers as well and help them get that key. Because I like seeing my friends succeed. You know, I don't know about you. Some people aren't that way, but I like to see my friends succeed. Um, but That's what I'm doing this for. It, so
1: everyone succeeds.
0: <laughs> right. So the other thing that it does, our ground has gone from 5,000 bucks an acre uh, three years ago. Or, or even last year to 14,000 bucks an acre mm-hmm. this year. Yep. Um, you know, so what that means is old Travi's probably not buying any ground anytime soon. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yes. so if I have people driving up and down the road and being involved out here and seeing that I take care of the ground, I take care of my plants and I, yep. and uh, conscious with the environment and I'm not putting heavy metals out there, I'm not putting their ground at risk, you know, then maybe that gives me a better chance to grow my farm and make a place for my children to be able to come back and do this with me in the future. That's yes. the ultimate goal is is to continue this generational growth in American ag and, yes. and keep our kids on the farm.
1: I absolutely love that. That's 100% the reason why I do this because I know everybody has choices and options and they can do what they want to do. But I know that working with the A Better Way to farm i'm gonna call them team but i'm gonna throw out family um yes some of them are related but it, it is very much a, a family approach and, and we want what's best for travis's you know future generations you know it's it's not just good for us it's good for everyone i do have to ask i've got one more comment that i want to make after this but the last question that i want to ask you is as we kind of wrap this thing up What advice do you have for those that are listening? Because you've made some pretty powerful statements, and we don't yet have a ton of results, which we will get, and I'm very excited for those results because I do think what you've got going on compared to your neighbor is going to be absolutely huge, definitely more than those 14 bushels. But what is it about those listeners? What do you recommend that they do next? What is in your heart tonight to tell them to do tomorrow.
0: Just grow every year. Don't become stagnated in your business and your passion. Let's learn how to do this. Let's learn how to do this better. And let's learn how to do better with what we have to be more efficient with what we have, because that's what it's going to take to be successful. We may be going into a period, you know, and not to get all preachy and political, but (laughs) it may be an ugly period coming up. I don't want to see Guys going under. So we got to learn how to be better and and to be more efficient. That's the biggest thing. But other than that, if this doesn't gain me a single bushel more than, you know, the 14 bushel payback or whatever, it's still the right thing to do to keep the plant health right and to take care of your ground. It's never right to go out and mine your ground. You can't, you know, I have a, an older generate, uh, gentleman that's a good mentor of mine and a friend of mine. And he says, you cannot starve a profit out of cattle. You can't starve a profit out of your ground. And that's absolutely true. If I ever get to that position, then I guess I'll just hang a for sale sign on her and, and be done because yeah. that's not how we do business.
1: Yeah, I I have heard and even Rod said it. Um, You know, uh, a guy we used to work with, uh, you know, being a Missouri boy, I'm going to throw his name out there real quick. But Kip Cullers, I'm sitting in a meeting and, and he even said it, you know, you can't ever save yourself into prosperity. So I really, really appreciate those words. Now, we do have some time left. Harvest is just around the corner. So I don't do this a lot, but I am going to throw this out because I know that you're doing some spectacular things. I know you just had a field day. It was very, very successful. Those of us that are listening kind of missed out on that. But would you be willing to, to share some of your information or, or is there a place that people can go? Or maybe it is even, you know, Amped Up Ag on Facebook to kind of see where your plot is at or, or some of that information. Would you be willing to share that?
0: Absolutely. Hit up Amped Up Ag. Hit me at Travis Dixon on Facebook. I love sharing this stuff. This is my yep. passion. I, I, I can't shut up. So you know, if, if, and, if you're in the area, I'll, I'll walk you around. I don't care. I'll take you to the worst part of my farm and show you the un, most unhealthiest plant and, and show you why I, yep. I'll show you the best plant. I'll show you whatever. I don't yep. have anything to hide because this is just real life and we're trying yes. to learn how to be better about it.
1: Yep. Awesome. I absolutely love that. Well, Travis, thank you so very much for the time, man. I greatly appreciate it. It was a great conversation. I'm absolutely looking forward to seeing you at the next Pro Agdis this winter, my friend. Yep, you too. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for the love and support not only here, but on the Facebook page and other forms of social media as well. We hope that you enjoyed this episode on the Better Way to Farm podcast. And remember to like, subscribe, and leave a review for us so that we can improve this show and bring the best content to you listeners. And as always, we hope that you have a better day. A better way to
0: farm